Hi, this is Lauren Grisanti, and you're listening to the Seven Directions podcast. I'm your host, and my guest today is Erin Telford. Erin is a breathwork facilitator and healer, acupuncturist, Reiki master, and herbalist, and I had the pleasure of chatting with her a few weeks ago, um, and we really touched on a lot of things, mainly on how she found breathwork, what it means to her, and now how she incorporates David Elliott, who's her teacher's um, style and modality into her work. And um, yeah, I really loved chatting with her. We touched on a lot of different topics, but one of the highlights was when she said, if you trust what you feel, then it stops being scary. It just feels like the next right choice. And I really loved that. And I kept on replaying it as I was editing this episode. And it's resonating with me, especially right now being the end of the year. And I feel like for me personally, I'm always kind of looking back and planning for my next steps And in that kind of hibernation planning mode, you're always kind of, well, if I do this, then what will happen, you know? So it's always important to trust in yourself, trust your intuition, and, um, you know, that's, that's really all you can do. So, um... Erin is an amazing healer. If you want to check her out, go to Erin Telford, T-E-L-F-O-R-D.com. She's also on Instagram at Erin Telford, where she is always posting about different breathwork groups and um, digital offerings like Sacred Terrain, which is a six-week intensive that touches on how to work with your emotions. And that was another thing that we spoke about was like meeting your emotions halfway and what to do when they come up. So I, I definitely feel like the work that she's doing is so beneficial. And it was so nice speaking with her. I remember meeting her many years ago and it was good to reconnect and see all of the great things that she's doing. Um, yeah, so this is episode 18 of Seven Directions. Can't believe it. Thank you to everyone that's listening. I I really enjoy the the feedback that I've received so far. And um, if you want to support the show or be on the show, send me an email, chow at laurengrisanti.com and follow us on Instagram at seven directions where I'll be posting a lot about future guests and what's going on in my life. Um, maybe a little bit about acupuncture school, you know, the usual. So yeah. Um, thank you again, Erin. It was so, so great speaking with you and, uh, our conversation starts right now. 
Hey, Erin. Hi. I figured it out. Yay. (laughs) I'm so excited. Yeah. Sometimes it takes people like a few tries to like enter the the call. So yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. I hearted it and then all of a sudden it turned into a hyperlink. So (laughs) just thought to love it. I just love your podcast. Cool. Where are you um, calling from? You said that you might be in California. Is that still true? Yeah, Joshua Tree. Yeah. Nice. I've always wanted to visit Joshua Tree and that's like on my list of places to it's go. It's a super cool spot. It's really, I mean, it's interesting. I think it's very, um, you know, it's weird. It's a, it's a weird place. So um, it's not appealing to everybody, but I think for the people it is appealing to, it's very intriguing and special. Yeah. Yeah. Do you stay with friends when you're out there or do you get like an Airbnb? I just do an Airbnb because I'm always working and doing virtual stuff when I'm out here and I have to kind of like command whatever part of the room has the best light and like set up all my stuff. Um, So I just like, it's kind of like, I get an Airbnb. So it's like my home slash office. I'm so excited to talk to you and learn a little bit more about your background. I've heard a lot already from other women that I've interviewed for the podcast from <laughs> Maya Keen to Emma Derbez to um, uh, Miriam Ajay. And they've all worked with you or studied with you. So I was like, I have to get her on the show. That's so cool. Love yeah, I love yeah. all those women. They're all very special and amazing and amazing healers and teachers. That's one of the best things about this project is you get to, or I get to meet so many great individuals and then also learn about what it is that they love to do and, you know, what they've gravitated towards. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's really great. Yeah, that is such a good byproduct. Um, I love that. But um, yeah, I have read a little bit about your work on your website and also articles that have already been written about you, but I really love to just have these conversations around kind of like your story of influences that kind of like drew you to the healing arts or this work in particular. That can be so long. (laughs) So I'll try to keep like the highlights present. Um, so let's see, I was, um, I was born in Toronto, Canada, which I think is just kind of a fun fact because most people don't know that about me, um, but only mm. lived there until I was four and moved to Washington state. And so I grew up in the Northwest and was, you know, I think like many people who, I think that we all kind of come back to this path, you know, Um, And there are many things that we do in our childhood that are kind of like early hints of who we Mm -hmm. will be. Like we're always ourselves. And sometimes we have to uh, take some different routes to come back to, um, you know, maybe part of what we're supposed to be doing. And and so I I was a weird kid. And I was just thinking about this the other day that I'm so thankful that my parents really, um, you know, they're really worried about me, but they let me be who I was. And Mm -hmm. I think that that is such a huge, important piece of my development into letting myself be, um, grow into who I am. And so I was very antisocial and I think it was because I was very, uh, I was highly sensitive and I was very uncomfortable 
being around a lot of people. And I was always feeling a lot and receiving a lot of information. And my mind was um, extremely active, almost to the point of being kind of painful in a way. And so I loved being out in the woods. I loved reading. Um, I loved, uh, I loved, you know, witchcraft and spells and fairies and all that stuff, you know, (laughs) and I learned about all that stuff from, you know, from books and, uh, and just from my own sort of like internal world curiosity, I was really into the Hobbit and like the Lord of the Rings and the Chronicles of Narnia. And so I created this world that was, um, in my own mind and my own sort of dimension that I really lived in until I was about 10 years old. And, you know, I had, I had friends, I had best friends, but I just didn't feel like I had a place in the world. And so when I turned 10, I kind of made this like big statement to myself that I was going to start doing stuff that other normal kids did. Um, and I had not been going out for recess for, you know, three, four years. And I decided to go out for recess and kind of like join the people. (laughs) And so that was, um, you know, that was a little bit of, of me growing up and, you know, the, the rest of it, like my teen years and twenties and all of that stuff. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know how much we need to, to stretch into that, but I think those were, sort of the magical beginnings of my being. And then there was, as I, you know, kind of moved into, into my teenage years and into my young adulthood, um, that's when, you know, so much happens during that time. And there was a lot of stuff that was happening in my life that was really out of my control that I didn't like that was happening in my Mm -hmm. family. And I was really, um, disappointed with the adults that were around me and how they were handling things and how little control I had over my life and things that were happening in it that I didn't like and wouldn't have chosen. And so I had a lot of rage, I had a lot of anger and, you know, coupled with depression, coupled with being an empath and being really intuitive. And so Mm -hmm. I had a a really big buildup of, other people's energy and a lot of, um, a lot of unhappiness and dissatisfaction, um, that I, you know, covered up with smoking a lot of pot, drinking a lot of beer, um, numbing out a lot. And so there's sort of like a, you know, a buildup of all of these really intense emotional experiences in my teenage years and in my twenties that, that set me on a path to being able to figure myself out and, you know, experience my first like real big, um, depression, you know, recognized depression where I just, you know, cried every day and didn't know why I couldn't find peace. I couldn't find solutions. And, um, a lot of people around me, you know, as people do, you know, they say, well, you should get on antidepressants. You know, if you're depressed, you get on antidepressants and, Um, you know, or you should go to therapy, you should talk to someone, you should see somebody. And I just, I knew in my heart that that wasn't what I needed to do. That wasn't actually the solution for me. And Mm -hmm. so it really set me out on a path of, of investigation and, you know, looking and seeking and trying to find, trying to find what worked you know, trying to find what would bring me some peace and my and content in my body. 
and how I could find the roots of what was creating so much pain and suffering and sadness and insecurity and um, confusion. And so that's pretty much what, you know, that's been a through line in my life is, is searching for those answers. And it's led me to a lot of interesting places. And, um, you know, the, the, um, the big bang was the breath work because I'd been, you know, experimenting with psychedelics and reading all these sacred texts and spiritual leaders books and practicing yoga and practicing meditation and going on retreats. And, you know, I kind of like, you name it, I did it. I threw the kitchen sink at my healing. I did hypnotherapy and learned about my astrological chart and, you know, had a soul retrieval and got craniosacral therapy and different types of massage and, um, you know, went to acupuncture school, got certified as an herbalist, you know, completed my Reiki master training. And, um, you know, this is kind of getting into how sacred terrain was created, but I, I did all these things and it wasn't until I actually found breathwork that I found like the, the key for the door that I, that I was looking Mm. for. Yeah. And I think going through all of these different modalities, like you were saying, it was like, you were searching for that thing that was like going to open you up the most. And I feel like that happens with a lot of healers. Like it's not typically the first, um, energy or, or teacher that you encounter that you're going to stay with or master. It's kind of an evolution. Um, speaking for myself, my first kind of, I think, inkling that I wanted to do healing arts was, yoga Mm. and going through like a yoga teacher training and that's what led me to energy work and now myself I'm I'm studying acupuncture as well so it kind of like one door leads to the next until you kind of like stop at a point where you're like okay I want to settle on this and yeah there's so many stopping places along the way and you know every every our path is important you know I would never have been led to the next step. And I have, if if I hadn't experienced the previous steps and I know that even, and it's weird for me to say, because it's such a love for me, but I know that breath work isn't even the end, you know, there's more after this and I don't know what that's going to look like. I just know that for me, this is the medicine that has provided me with, um, an outlet for everything that I needed an outlet for. But I know that, you know, I'm only halfway through my life. If I have a full <laughs> complete life, um, or more <laughs> yeah. life and there's more to discover and there's more to learn. So, um, yeah, every step is important and it's, it's always really cool to see where people begin and then where they end up and where they're going. Yeah, totally. It's so amazing to hear all of these things that you've gone through and, um, so breath work, which is what you're focused on primarily right now, mm-hmm. how did you discover that for yourself? And why do you think it was more profound for you to really concentrate your efforts in, in this type of healing work at this point in your life? So I went on a yoga retreat in 2014 and 
I, you know, when you're st- for anyone who's started a healing practice, you know, you know how, um, I don't know, I was terrified <laughs> for like the first, <laughs> at least the first year, um, you know, you never know how long it's going to take before you actually have enough clients to s- sustain your life and, and make money and pay your bills. And so yeah. it's so- were you ever doing something on the side, like bartending or like an, another side hustle or were you fully focused on? I was fully focused. Your practice? Yeah. My side hustle yeah. was my, was my credit cards, which was like kind of a different <laughs> story, but I was bartending when I was in acupuncture school. And then I, I quit the last like year to just focus. And, um, cause I saw how a lot of other people were just completely burnt out when they graduated. And I knew I couldn't do that. Um, I knew that I needed to like hit the ground running after I graduated. So I knew I couldn't run my energy into the ground and then have to lift myself back up after I graduated. So I just took out extra loans. Um, but yeah, my, my credit cards were my side hustle and I, I maxed all of them out. Um, I got like 40 grand in debt as I was building my business Mm -hmm. and paid that all off. Thankfully, But, um, by the time 2014, I had like made enough money for a long enough time for it to feel real to my nervous system that I could actually like take a break and take some vacations. So I went on this yoga retreat to Nicaragua and, um, with uh, a friend of mine, Luke, who, um, is an incredible person, but he, we decided we did some breath work before, before dinner and I thought because we're on a yoga retreat that we're just going to do some like alternate nostril breathing and, you know, some kind of like basic yogic breath work. And it mm-hmm. turned out that we were doing this breath work and he prefaced it like zero prefacing, just like, here's how you do it, lay down. And so I start breathing and, you know, I'm, I'm a very emotional person. I cry easily and um, often and whenever I need to, but I started feeling like I needed to cry a few minutes into the breath work. And I was totally puzzled. I was like, why Mm. is this happening? I don't get it. I have so much sadness coming up in me right now. And I'm just breathing like what the hell is going on. And I was in between two people that were much more, you know, um, expressive than I was. And one of them had her mom had just died the year before. And the man on the other side of me, his grandma who had raised him had just died like even more recently. And so they were starting to, um, you know, express sadness and sobbing and crying and they were making sounds. And I was like, Oh my God, this is happening to everybody. And so they, (laughs) (laughs) they kind of like, they gave me permission to cry Right. And, right. you know, then we had permission to yell and then we, you know, you know how it goes, you've had a session, but I, it was like, I was being given permission to open up a vent in my body and start bailing out all the pain that was in there and all the suffering right. and all the disappointment and all the loss and all the grief and all the all the, all the letdowns and all the times when I wasn't seen or wasn't valued or wasn't appreciated or wasn't loved. And it was profound, you know, and then all the anger too, all of the rage, 
all of the sacred no's, all of the, you know, times I wanted to speak up and I didn't, you know, all the times I bit my tongue because I didn't want to rock the boat. You know, I got to scream my head off. I got to cry my head off. And then at the end, you know, experience like the most profound, like love and bliss and connection to myself, to the world, to the people on the retreat. And I felt so blissed out. I felt like cosmic drug blissed out and it just blew my mind and it changed my life. And I asked Luke afterwards, I was like, what was that? And he was like, it's like, where'd you learn that? Who taught you (laughs) to find out immediately? And yeah. we're in, um, yeah, we're in Nicaragua, like spotty, spotty internet. But I ran back to my room before the food was served for dinner and just immediately booked the next thing I could with David Elliott. Um, because I need, I knew that I needed to learn from him. And the breathwork itself was almost like a remembering for me also. It was, it mm. was, I was like, I know this, I know this work. I remember right. this work. And so it was like reconnecting to something that I'd, um, that I'd already done and that I knew in my cells. And it was just, you know, it's been the most effective healing method for me. And I definitely had to go through and work with all the other ones beforehand to be able to be open and available for this opening. Um, but it's just been, you know, it's been almost five years or it's, yeah, it's been for, uh, yeah, almost five years since that first breathwork experience. And, you know, I just don't even recognize myself. I mean, that this is me, but who I thought I could be and who I, what I thought was possible, um, as to my experience in life and my confidence and my comfort and my leadership and my creativity. Um, a lot of that, before breathwork had like a stopping point. I didn't know that I could go further. I just thought this is as good as it gets. And if I had stopped there, I mean, I can't even imagine. I just, my life would have been much more mediocre. And I would have, I would have thought that that was as happy and as connected and as aligned as I could have been in my life. And I wouldn't have known how much more interesting it could get. So yeah, yeah, it's just blown my world open basically. (laughs) That is amazing. And it all started just from you, like kind of on a whim, you know, you were on a vacation and your friend was like, yeah, let's do this thing. And then once you booked the retreat with David Elliott, is that when you started um, teaching breathwork yourself right after that? So I booked the yoga retreat was in February. The retreat was in May. And then I decided the first opportunity to uh, take the training was in the summer. So I took, it was like June, July, August. I flew back and forth from New York to LA to to, um, take the training with him. And just immediately, like no hesitation about offering it, like immediately jumped in and started offering those circles and the one-on-one sessions. Amazing. So breathwork for everyone that's listening that hasn't experienced it yet, 
based on your description, it sounds like kind of like an out-of-body experience where your soul is kind of like revealing itself to you in a way that you're like clear on parts of yourself that you haven't felt or you weren't in touch with for a while and that you have like this permission to be as open as you want to be and that description itself even sounds kind of out there but you know how would you define if it is definable like what the process really is and what it entails yeah I think that's a really good question because Yeah, spiritual work can be so intangible seeming and even the descriptions of what might happen in a session or in a workshop can be so like, okay, but what are we actually doing? (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I like, I like to define it as much as possible for people. So um, this is just the way that I describe it. So breath work is an active meditation technique and you are using the breath to give your thinking brain, your intellect, something to do so that you can bypass that part of our brain that wants to figure things out, that wants to be logical, that wants to make sense of things and go inside to that divine intelligence of the body and the spirit, the emotional body and the the heart. And I mean, even though that sounds... I think that's a pretty good description that could still sound kind of out there and like, okay, but what? (laughs) Um, So, you know, it's kind of like taking the brain out of the equation in a way and allowing yourself to, you know, um, when I was practicing, I think I've practiced yoga for maybe, you know, 10 years or something like that. And uh, so many yoga teachers say that thing, you know, all the answers are inside of you. And I I was always like, yeah, but like where? you know, where, yeah. where are they? <laughs> right. and, you know, when you get your brain out of the way, there's just this like vast storehouse of intuitive information and heart information that's in your body. And there it's like through breath work, you can kind of open up that vault and things that have, you know, not made sense to you for your whole life, like why you dated that person or why, Um, you know, why you can't forgive your dad or um, why your mom is, you know, codependent or, you know, any of those kind of human curriculum type things that we're always trying to figure out and heal from. Um, You can, you can connect the dots because by using the breath, you can access the intelligence of your intuition and the part of you that's deep inside that just knows like, you know, from your soul, that information is like fact for you. Yeah. And I think like accessing those parts for the most part, for a lot of people, it's, um, that's where they feel the most disconnect, right? That's why I think a lot of people have a hard time making decisions or knowing that what their actions are, are right for disconnected with their intuition in a way and I I feel as though this practice really helps recenter really align your intuition like almost like if you had meditated 
every day for like a month, you would feel so much more in tune with your body and your spirit. And I feel like breath work is almost like, um, it's kind of like that sensation when you get off the table where, you know, everything that you're doing is like in alignment. I absolutely agree. Again, like intuition and developing your intuition, it really has a lot to do with self-trust. And we've been so conditioned in this culture to trust experts, doctors, parents, teachers. We've been conditioned to trust people outside of ourselves, And that, mm-hmm. you know, people who are older or seem smarter or more qualified you know, they know best. And so we outsource our intuition and we outsource our decisions to, you know, people that wrote the books that we're reading or, you know, um, gurus or, you know, spiritual teachers and stuff when we are really our own authority and we know what's best for ourselves. And it's only through um, practice and trial and error that you can really begin to have, 100% trust and faith in yourself and your choices. And then also um, in the universe that life actually is supporting you and guiding you and um, doing whatever it can to help you learn what you need to learn and go where you need to go and connect with the people you need to connect with so that you can move forward in your life. And yeah, yeah, and that the breath work is such a fast track to your intuition and to being able to find that part of yourself. and yeah, it really, it, it, it breaks my heart that people feel such a huge disconnection from themselves and, you know, they're afraid of themselves or they're afraid to trust themselves. Um, there's so many people that are paralyzed with indecision and confusion. And I think that the breath work is a really, it's fast acting, you know, it's, it doesn't take, mm-hmm. you don't have to do breath work for a month to get an answer. You can do breath work for seven minutes and get an answer. And then it's a process of like, um, you know, listening and trusting whatever you receive from, from that work. Amazing. A lot of the breathwork sessions that you do now are in groups and remote. So talk to me a little bit about, um, cause I think, was it a year ago or maybe less than a year ago within the last few months you decided to leave New York and kind of spread the breathwork magic through different parts Mm -hmm. of the world. So how did you, how did you make that decision and kind of how are you working with um, folks now remotely and then in person? So I just was writing about um, it's about this journey. It's been um, one year and about a week, week and a half since I left New York. And that was leaving New York was probably the biggest uh, leap of faith and trust in the universe that I've ever made. Um, I, you know, I started feeling those, those rumblings that all New Yorkers have of like, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. Um, a couple of years <laughs> yeah. ago and, um, and was just like, nah, it's, yeah, it's a nice idea, but like, how are you going to make a living? Like how you can't go live in like a cabin somewhere in the woods and like be able to support yourself in your life and pay your bills. Like there's no way that's going to work. 
And mm-hmm. then I just, you know, the push, the push has got pushier. And I just, I think that, you know, we're all, uh, we're all getting more sensitive to energy, you know, whether you are someone who would, um, say that or not, you know, everybody in the planet, like there's nobody that's excluded from becoming more sensitive to energy right now. We're all, we're all having that experience, even if you can't, you know, name it or, or recognize it. And my sensitivity was growing when I was in the city and it was just becoming more and more kind of untenable for me to be there. I was spending a lot of energy kind of buffering myself from the outside world and I had, you know, a beautiful oasis in my apartment, a beautiful supportive healing space, you know, um, Maha Rose, um, so many spaces that I would do breathwork groups at. And um, so I had all these supportive spaces, but it, it wasn't enough. You know, it wasn't enough to um, it. Yeah, I was it was just too much of an energetic push on my system. And I just kept hearing that you know, I needed to get outside and be connected to the earth. And it just kept driving me and driving me and driving me until I couldn't deny it anymore. And so I decided, um, I declared out loud on retreat with my community in May of last year that I, the two things that I needed for my own healing were to be connected to the earth and to, um, you know, this is a little bit of like a sacred love pilgrimage for me as well. And it's not just about the sacred love partner, but it's about all the things that I need to um, love within myself to be able to meet a high caliber partner and all the ways that I want to experience sacred love and intimacy in all my relationships, my friendships, my mm. um, collaborations, my uh, relationship with Mother Earth. And my relationship with my creativity, all those things. So I got super pushed and just decided that I needed to do it. And I, you know, held up my hands to the sky and I said, you know, I'm working for you now, universe. Like I surrender. Let me know where I need to go, what I need to do. And I just, you know, I was met. I was met halfway Um, the money continued to come in. So I was allowed to, you know, get a a really nice chunk of savings. That was going to be a good buffer for me as I kind of ventured out and not really knowing if people would want to do virtual work or if they would be interested in transitioning from in-person stuff to online stuff. And I left, I left in October and yeah, it's been amazing. I mean, I did basically have to create an entirely new business. Like a virtual business is a totally different thing than, uh, and you know, a brick and mortar healing space and being able to be in person with people. But it has, um, it's been a trip, you know, it's yeah. been a trip in all the ways that it can be. I can yeah. imagine. <laughs> yeah. To, also, it was probably really hard and I really commend you how brave it is because you were successful as an acupuncturist and herbalist and to really say I'm closing the door on this chapter and trying something different or I want to do something different is really 
scary probably you know but you did it and thank you um yeah I mean it's kind of like I think that I mean that's where the faith and the trust comes in in yourself and in life because if you if you trust what you feel then it stops being scary it just feels like the next right choice so Mm. you know I absolutely need to recognize, you know, my privilege and making decisions and being able to, um, to experience this life that I've created. But I think that when you, when you're, when you're tuned in and when you're living from your priorities and your values, one of mine is to have fun. Like that's a really big one of mine. And that was something that I, you know, borrowed from David is that I'm only, I'm only going to do this for as long as it's fun. And when things started getting really routine and every day felt like the day before, there's not, you know, the motivation kind of ends to continue doing that same thing. And And that's true for our, anything yeah anything it stops being scary when it starts being boring and like I know boring is kind of a dirty word especially when you're talking about your life's work and the things that you have learned to do and love and share with people but I am thirsty you know I'm thirsty for experience and for growth and when I started to see um how quickly and how, you know, my kind of shift from acupuncture to breath work was that I saw how quickly people were actually healing and shifting with the breath work versus a more passive experience of healing. And I love acupuncture and I value acupuncture and I receive acupuncture. And I love it for fertility and for pain and for immune system stuff and for digestion and for, you know, allergies and menstrual, you know, stuff and women's health, but for emotional health, for, you know, self-doubt and insecurity and rage and depression and anxiety and trauma, I just saw how much more fast breathwork worked in those areas and how it gave the people I was working with, it's like the ultimate self-healing empowering thing. And I remind people of this all the time. I'm not doing anything to you. And I think Mm. people think about, you know, their stuff and their blocks as something that can only be changed by going to someone and paying money. And I really love the part of breath work where the healing gets offered back to the person that your breath is free, your body is free, that you don't need me, you don't need music, you don't need essential oils, you don't need anything to create these energetic shifts in your body and access your intuition, your creativity, and you know, move pain out of your body. And there was something that was so beautiful about that, that it wasn't hard to let go of the other thing. It was just kind of undeniable, you know, and so it it wasn't a big mental grapple. It was more, the only part that was hard about it was me going, oh my God, your identity's changing. Like, this is who you thought you were. You were this label 
And now, you know, I still have those skills. I have that education. I have the $200,000 in debt from school that I'm still paying off. <laughs> I have all of that. And yet, you know, I don't know when I'm 80, I might be doing acupuncture again. I have no idea. Um, but right. my shift in focus is um, not about disparaging that medicine. It's just about my growth and my own trajectory and like what I want to offer in the world. So it was, right. I never would have imagined that I would have not done acupuncture. I thought that was going to be me until I died. So the the hardest part was just me wrapping my mind around the idea that something was going to change, but it wasn't scary to let go of it. Yeah. That's so amazing to hear. Can you also get into a little bit around how to start a digital business and kind of the first things that you tried that were either successful or that, you know, work for you really well, or maybe some things that didn't work for you? Because I feel like a lot of healers now are coming out with digital offerings or, you know, making that shift. So I'd love to hear from your perspective, best practices that you did yourself? That's a great question. Um, so I think that it definitely helped that I already had a community, like an in-person community. So I don't know what it would be like to build a digital business, like off the bat, like from the get-go. Mm, right. So it was helpful for me that I already had people that were in my, you know, that I had a full healing practice and then I had you know, breathwork groups and different workshops that were already, you know, well attended by people. But, you know, in order to have a digital business, I think you just have to very much utilize all of the digital avenues of promoting yourself. And I know that there are a lot of people that are really uncomfortable with, um, you know, making videos or with sharing themselves online but, you know, the internet is like a magical place if you have a good relationship with it. And mm -hmm. I really like, I love Instagram. I, I don't have, um, I don't have a problem, um, exchanging energy with Instagram. I don't, um, you know, I, I don't go down rabbit holes of my, you know, my self-worth when I'm on Instagram or, you know, compare myself to people. I really see it as like an inspirational space and, you know, I've curated my feed so that it is an inspirational space and it's not a space where I'm being given messages about things that I don't need to receive. So I think, you know, cultivating a good relationship with your online world is, is important and, you know, letting people see you. So, you know, you do have to build a newsletter list. So you have people that are, um, that want to know what you're offering, that are excited about what you're offering and who are, you know, intrigued by what you're doing and that you have an ongoing dialogue with them in that way. And, um, you know, it's, it's basically, it's a lot of education, you know, it's a lot of being very clear about what your offerings are. Um, you know, I've had to really, I wouldn't say do a lot of convincing, but I've had to talk about and share with people like why doing a virtual session is just as potent, if not more sometimes and more beneficial than doing one in person, because we all value, you know, human connection and being in the same room with somebody and being able to hug them and see their eyes and all of that stuff. But I think with the increase of psychic energy and people's energetic sensitivity, those digital spaces are amazing. I feel so connected to people when I do online work and I can feel them and they can feel me 
and they can feel the energy of the group and they can feel my energy even in a recording when we're not live. So, you know, I would, um, I would just encourage people to, you know, make use of social media and my favorite is Instagram. So I'll do, you know, the live videos so people can experience me in that digital space and feel my essence and see my smile and, you know, hear my, my, um, attempts at being funny and, you know, they can see (laughs) what I look like and they can connect with me. They can hear my voice. Yeah. And, you know, doing Instagram stories, sharing your life, sharing what you care about, sharing what you're about. Um, And then just having consistent digital offerings. I have a monthly virtual breathwork group. It's every month. It's a different topic. It's usually, you know, connected to the new moon or the full moon. Um, Or, you know, I'm going to have some new topics coming up. But um, yeah, having consistent offerings, making it really easy for people to see how to give you money and how to sign up for things. I see plenty of healers out there that don't have their events listed on their in their online space or on their Instagram profiles. Um, so people have no way of knowing if they have any events coming up or ever. So, you know, you just have to curate your digital space and your platform and be really clear about, you know, what you're offering, um, how it feels, why it's just as potent and powerful as an in-person session, um, you know, and I think the number one kind of marketing tool is just talking about why you love what you love and why you do it and bringing that excitement and enthusiasm and love for your work through so people can feel it. Amazing. I love that answer. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing is like, being seen yeah um you know and it's once you take that step it's really not that bad I mean I definitely had Instagram anxiety when I started posting stuff about myself or the people that I was interviewing because I don't know because you're just like who wants to talk about themselves but (laughs) I think it's more (laughs) it's more about just like sharing like it's like a live journal that's the shift in mentality that I think I I made it's like it's my live journal that I'm opening up and giving people a snippet of my life and what I'm doing and how I'm feeling yeah and Um, people love that I think people really they they really love it um people want to connect with other people and see what they're doing and what they love and what they're about and what they're learning and that fear of being seen as like has such deep roots to self-love and self-worth and, and fear, yeah. you know, it's like fear, you know, you open yourself up to and, you know, air out some of your vulnerabilities and, you know, depending, it, it, who knows how many tens of thousands of people can be looking, even if you don't have that many followers, but right. that opening yourself up for the potential of, you know, criticism or judgment or trolls can be really terrifying for people, but I've found that, you know, it's like, it's on the, it's on the trajectory of, you know, when I, when I press publish on something, like a lot of people will be like, it's, you know, it's so great that you're so honest, you're so, you're so vulnerable, but I can only, um, you know, I can only be that way because of all of the shame that I've cleared out about who I am. And so when I'm about to like share something, I'm never like, you know, shaking and shuddering as I'm about to push posts because 
I've cleared out the part, you know, not all of it, absolutely, but I've cleared out a lot of the shame that says, like, something's wrong with you, you're too weird, um, no one's going to get it, someone's going to make fun of you. Like, I've been able to move so much out of, the, of, out of my body through breath work and move into so much more self-acceptance that it's, it's actually not frightening to engage in that space. And, and I think that, you know, when you do, I'm sure that you experience this with what you're offering to people and how you're talking about your life and what you're doing that when you share, you know, with intention, you don't get a bunch of people coming at you, right? You know, like energy behind what you're posting and what you're offering. If it's, if it's intentional and clear and um, coming from your heart, you're not going to magnetize a bunch of people that are going to like attack you. That's so true. Yeah. People don't attack when you're just sharing from your heart, you yeah. know, it's just, yeah, it's much more authentic that way. And there's really nothing to attack. Because you're just, I mean, as long as you're being, you know, there is, of course, it's, I think it's important to just, you know, touch on responsibility. You know, there's so much conversation in the wellness space about, um, you know, white privilege and, you know, co-opting other cultures, practices. And, you know, so there's a lot of, you know, awareness around, um, around that. So I think as long as you're being responsible and you are not, you know, covering yourself in love and light and spiritually bypassing and coming from your heart, <laughs> then yes, you will not be very attacked, important. You know? But yeah, and I yeah. Think that's part of clarity of intention. You know, you have to be mindful of how you're speaking and who you're speaking to as you bring through your heart. So, but yeah. you know, if you're aware and alive and paying attention and doing your own personal work, then there's no reason for people to come at you. Right. Well, I think that's a perfect segue to talk about Sacred Terrain, which is your new six-week course that you're offering. And I'd love to hear a little bit around um, what that entails, how the format is, and why people should sign up for it. So it is, it's my big love at this moment in time. Um, So it was really born out of I think the first place that I ever really learned that emotions were useful and not just there to like hurt you and take you out um, was an acupuncture school because we talk a lot in Chinese medicine about the virtues of the emotions and, you know, where they're lodged in the body, what the message of them are, you know, why you feel them when they come and like how to work with them. And I never even thought of emotions like that. I was like, what is sadness there for except to make you feel like shit? You know, like, what? Right. <laughs> like, oh, there's a reason, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I never had there such a, you know, sort of um, ancient um, kind of explanation or, or ancient wisdom solution kind of applied to, to emotions. And it really helped me reframe them. So, um, you know, Sacred Train was born out of basically everything that I needed to learn about emotions and about feelings in order to accept myself and to be able to understand that we have all of these emotions for a reason. We have this full emotional palette to draw on um, as spirits having a human experience. And 
and understanding that they're all okay and that there's nothing negative about any of them, including the ones that you don't like having, you know, rage and jealousy and shame and guilt and sadness and fear and all of that stuff that all of those, all of those emotions are just giving you signals. They're just, they're like signposts on a map. They're just giving you really valuable information about, you know, where you need to grow, where you need to give yourself more compassion, you know, where your boundaries need to be stronger, um, you know, where you are feeling stuck um, and where you're, you know, most tender and activated. So this program goes through uh, week one is self-love and self-worth because that's the foundation for everything, basically. Um, and then anger and boundaries, sadness, depression, and forgiveness, um, anxiety and fear. Um, this, this time I added a clearing abuse energy week. And then the last one is, um, blocks to creative expression and using your voice. And so Mm -hmm. as we go through the six weeks, I kind of do a little, um, you know, a teaching on each one. And then, you know, the real like juice of the program is doing the breath work on the emotion and on the emotional state, because, you know, I can talk all day. I can give you information all day about, you know, why it's okay to love yourself or why you should love yourself or why you can love yourself. But until you actually have that experience in your body of falling in love with yourself and feeling like I'm enough for maybe the first time in your life, you're not going to buy it. You know, we don't heal through our minds. We heal through our bodies and, you know, we can do a limited amount of healing through understanding, you know, like attachment styles or, um, you know, uh, patterns of trauma in your ancestry and your lineage, um, you know, patterns of addiction of, you know, personality adaptations, all that stuff, codependency, narcissism, blah, blah, blah. Um, but that doesn't help us get the suffering that we've experienced through those things out of our body. So the words are a part of it because they start to move the emotional energy around the topic, but the big, piece of the program is actually doing the breath work and, and finding that place within yourself that says, oh yeah, I can love myself or my sadness is valid or my depression is real. And this is what, this is where it came from, or this is why I've been angry all of my life. You know, as you discover, um, you know, go back in time and find the roots and find the implanted programs that you've been delivered through your childhood about who you can be and what you're allowed to want or have or grow into. Um, that's the, yeah, that's the the root of it. So it's, it's Chinese medicine, it's breath work, and it's just my storytelling about my life and my experiences. And I think it's, uh, I mean, it's not, it's not new, um, but it's, it's, it's my, you know, my teachings and, and what I've learned about emotions and what I've learned about how to live with them and to be an emotional person and to be able to accept yourself. So that's, that's most of it. I think that's, um, and people have really incredible experiences. People are, you know, starting to purge, um, some patterns of their lives. People did some incredible things. They, reconnected with family members that they hadn't spoken to for, you know, 10 years, people lost weight, people quit jobs, people started healing paths, people started doing the training with me. Um, You know, they left bad relationships, bad partnerships, bad friendships, 
Um, people made so many profound, phenomenal life changes through getting in touch with their internal landscape. And that's basically the name of sacred terrain. Sacred terrain is, is your insides, you know, the sacred, the sacred interior of your life and your emotional body and your heart and your spirit. So developing that strong connection really created a lot of easy and fast changes for people. Yeah. And what I'm hearing, it's like almost having a positive relationship with all of these emotions because, you know, I think it's important to know, like, it's okay to feel sadness. It's okay to feel anger or rage, but it's not okay to just hold on to that feeling for days or weeks or whatever, how long, but these things come up. Yeah. Or your whole (laughs) life. So these things come up and it's like, recognize it. And your course sounds so amazing because it's like, okay, how do I now meet this emotion halfway instead of letting it take over, you know, that's what I'm hearing. Yeah. And all, I mean, just the subtle changes, like there's, you know, we're, we're doing a week, week two starts uh, tomorrow, but even you know, some of the reports from the people in the group are like, you know, situations where, where they would normally say to themselves, get your shit together. Like you should be over this by now. They're giving Mm -hmm. themselves, um, compassion and they're giving themselves like love and they're, they're giving themselves permission to actually be in the feeling rather than say, um, you know, you're a baby or you're, you know, you're, you should be more evolved than this. Like rather than kicking themselves while they're down, they actually really witness that tender part of themselves and that that sweet little child that's feeling afraid and sad or scared. Um, and they give them attention and then it and then it shifts, it moves, it like alchemizes itself. So it's amazing to see just even the the subtlety of giving yourself um, that positive relationship with your emotions. It's huge. Yeah. That's so huge. Well, I want to sign up for it. Now. <laughs> it's not going to be open again until next year, but you can, if you're on my newsletter list, you'll okay. get the notification. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we just right. started. So registration is unfortunately closed, but there's a place to sign up for next year. I might, I'll probably do it twice next year. I don't know. It might happen again in the spring, but um, yeah, it's, it's really, it's been incredible to offer it. Yeah. yeah it sounds really amazing. So, um, where can people that are listening find you if they want to work with you either in person or remotely, what's the best way to get in touch? So best way to get in touch is through my website, erintelford.com and emailing me is, is my preferred route of connection. Um, and I'm also on Instagram at erintelford underscore underscore. But you can book appointments with me online. You can sign up for my virtual groups online. You can sign up for my live groups online. Um, I am going to be doing a retreat next spring um, in Joshua Tree in uh, May. And then I'll be offering another level one teacher training in New York in April. So those events will be up on my website within the next um, couple weeks um, to a month, probably end of November at the latest. And so you can find everything and every way to connect with me on my website. Well, it was so great speaking with you, Erin. Thank you for being so generous with your time and discussing 
your journey. It's so incredible to hear. And um, yeah, I think that what you're doing is so profound and so helpful for so many people. So thank you. Yeah. So thank you so much for having me on. And I can't wait to listen to this and share it with people. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you again. And um, yeah, I'll be in touch with you. Great. And okay, have cool. a great weekend. Thank and you. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. All right. Have a good, have a good rest of your day and I'll talk to you soon.